3: You're listening to Footy Prime News
4: and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Hello,
2: football fans. Welcome to Footy Prime News and Such. Hours before Major League Soccer kicks off its 2022 season. So much to get to, and we'll get to it over the next few weeks and months Um A really intriguing year awaits, certainly the Canadian teams, but MLS, I think, in general as well. To break it down for us, um, we have Craig, we have Jimmy, we have B, but more importantly, someone that actually really knows MLS from The Athletic, live from New York City, Sam Steska. Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you say that now. We'll we'll give it (laughs) half an hour or so, and then (laughs) then we'll... uh, reconsider that. Um, Listen, as I mentioned, uh, Sam, it all kicks off on Saturday. The Canadian soccer narratives really shifted dramatically over the past year. or so. which of the Canadian teams um,
3: intrigues you the most entering this season? I actually think they're all pretty intriguing. Um, But I think it's Toronto. You know, I don't know if that's a huge surprise, that answer. (laughs) Um, Obviously, a ton of changes there. Bob Bradley coming in. Lorenzo Insigne coming in in a few months. Um, but one that's, I think, flying a little bit under the radar is the Carlos Salcedo move. Um, you know, I actually, a long, long time ago, I used to work at Real Salt Lake. Um, Carlos Salcedo's first day at the club was the same day as my first day at the club, as a matter of fact. Um, and so he was a young kid. He was like 18. Um, but even back then, he was very talented. He didn't play a ton. He probably should have played more. Um, that sort of contributed to a bit of a messy exit from the club. But he went on to do really good things with the Mexico national team in Europe and in Mexico. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys probably remember that game he played for Mexico in 2018 against Germany, where he was, you know, one of the players of the game in, in Mexico's win of the World Cup against the defending champions. Um, and I think if he's engaged and if he's healthy, then he has the potential to be the best center back in MLS. And that was a really big hole for TFC last year. Um, so I think, I think he could be a really big addition for them. So I'm intrigued to see what they do. Uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say they have some more moves to come. Um, but I'm curious to see what it looks like, especially with some of their young players too. You know, Jaquil Marshall, Ruddy. I'm curious to see what kind of role he has uh moving forward and and then you know in senior i think we're all expecting very big things from so Sam, Sam when
1: you when you see uh the, the mls teams and who would you say uh are the most ambitious uh obviously toronto sc is a is a club that's proven in the past that they're willing to to spend uh, and even overspend to get players in their prime uh to be successful uh other clubs are in the same situation um but which ones would you say Actually, right through their background
3: off the pitch are the most ambitious. Yeah, it puts Toronto in that group. Uh, Atlanta, certainly. Um, I, I would say maybe those are the top two. In fact, um, I think New York City FC is in that mix. LAFC is in that mix. They do things a little bit differently in terms of the profile of guys that they go after. Um, but certainly good infrastructure, good resources, all of that stuff. Um, other teams. I mean, Miami started with a bang <laughs> uh, in terms of who they went out and, and acquired. That uh, didn't go so well. Um, and they're kind of having to build up from the bottom here. Uh, but I think eventually we'll start to see them make some really big moves again. Um, and then, you know, the next tier down, maybe Seattle. Um, I will put in that mix. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, which is bad. But, oh, the Galaxy. There you go. Yeah, um right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? How yeah. can I forget that? But the, it's been a tough run for them for the last five, six years now. So but I, I expect that Greg Van will kind of get them on track and get them back into the playoffs this season.
4: It's been easy to forget the Galaxy the last couple of years, buddy. We yes. won't hold that against you. Yeah. Yes. We won't hold that against you. Yeah. Uh you follow all the but the real behind the scenes, the uh the nitty-gritty oh. of MLS as a league. And it's for as excited as everyone north of the border was to see TFC open the wallet for Lorenzo Insigne, I want to know what, you know, what the rest of the league think of that like completely, you know, yeah. blowing up the the pay structure that had previously existed and just turning MLS into completely the Wild West.
3: Yeah. So I was actually having a conversation with somebody at a different club um, just the other day about this. And I thought what he said was interesting. And basically he was like, if in like a normal world, this makes no sense. Like, imagine you're going to pay this guy like. How many millions of dollars more, ten million dollars more than the next highest paid player in the league, basically you know it's ridiculous and and he's coming here and and but that's what it takes to get him, and this is the way the MLS rules are structured right MLSE clearly gave Toronto FC a mandate, okay, go out and win. You can spend a ton of money. Well, this is like the only place they can spend it, right? They only get three slots to spend this kind of money. One of them was already occupied. Actually, three of them were already occupied. And then they had to move Soteldo and Josie, of course. Um, so you can only spend that money in a couple places. And so this is the way the league works, right? It's crazy. It's not a normal world, right? Mm-hmm. You can't spread that money out over the rest of the roster like you would in in a different league. Um, so this is MLS. It's just kind of how it works. This is just you- more amplified. You, okay, you yes.
1: mentioned about Josie, Sam, uh, that, that move to uh, New England. Uh, I think for him, it's, 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 uh, it was good. I think it was time that he, he moved on from Toronto SC. Uh, but what's going to happen to him there? Cause he's not actually a designated player, is he? I think they already no. had their three. So he's come in with no. the allocation money or something like that. So what happens with him and that team who scored, I think they scored the most goals in the league last year. Um, strong offensive choices. Uh, and if Josie doesn't fit in there right away, is that going to be a problem from New England in
3: in the middle of the season? I don't think so for a few reasons. One, he has a relationship with Bruce Arena, the head coach there. Bruce Arena is, is a really good man-manager by all accounts. Every player you speak to about him kind of praises him and how honest and forthright he is with what a player's role is going to be and what they can do to change it. Um, you mentioned that they scored a ton of goals last year. Adam Buxa and Gustavo Bo are going to be the players – Playing at the top of their formation. Um, but Adam Bookson might get sold in the summertime. And if he does, then Josie Altador maybe can step right into that starting lineup. Um, until then, they're in CONCACAF Champions League. You know, they'll have a number of midweek matches. They can kind of rotate in and out. Um, Bo in-, in particular is, he's not young. Um, so he could spell him a little bit there. Um, so I think it just gives them another good option. It was, it raised my eyebrows that they gave him three years guaranteed, considering his age and his injury history. Um, I was like, Okay, take a flyer in the guy you know he 's supposed to be motivated because he the u s national team he 's still like in contention for Qatar if he puts together a good season, which is kind of miraculous um but he's it's legit um so he should have plenty of motivation to go out there and do well um but just given his his health and the fact that he hasn 't been able to stay on the field giving him three years guaranteed at his age, that one was yeah um questionable in my opinion
5: yeah The other thing too with with Josie, and you're right, he's had an awful lot of injuries, um, and he did well in Toronto uh, towards the end. you know he, he was limited. now he's going to New England, but he's going to be playing on turf now.
3: yeah
5: How do you think that's going to affect him because if he does become the number one, is he going to be able to play 15, sixteen home games on that
3: turf? Mm. I mean, it won't help right? I would say that a lot of Josie's injuries over the years have been muscle injuries, right? A lot of hamstrings, That's right. which, you know, that those happen turf or grass, right? That's just like you yeah. open up a sprint whereas like maybe a knee or something like that could be more affected by turf. So I don't know. Um, but I think it's, I, I do think it's an interesting move because when he is healthy and when he is engaged, he still scores goals and he's still yep. a good striker. And so if he can stay on the fields then then I think he'll be a good player for them. And and I and I will say that I like him going to New England, where he doesn't need to be the guy right away. And he has the history with Bruce Arena, a coach who I'm sure he respects, um, that they can bring him along slowly. Right. And so I like it better there than I would basically anywhere else in MLS.
2: The the DPs, Sam, and they always have made the headlines. Who's mm-hmm. coming in? Who's leaving? You know, ever since the Beckham rule came in back in 07, which I thought was unfair, it should have been called the Brennan rule because that's the, the, the <laughs> Brennan came in as well and just smashed the uh all of the the the, the pay structure of MLS. <laughs> when Jimmy, right? Are
5: you saying I had a bigger <laughs> name than Beckham? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying, Jimmy. You had a bigger name than David Beckham at the time, you know. Instead he of money, they just gave, a, they gave him a billboard over the uh the Gardner Expressway. <laughs> that's right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, some things yeah, are priceless. But you know, it is That's changing. So we're seeing, we're seeing, you know, obviously bigger names coming in now in their prime or close to their prime. We're now seeing, of course, good players like you mentioned they're leaving during the summer as well, which we're seeing maybe for the first time. You you wrote about this recently. How there's a record number of off season transfers. Sixteen players left MLS just past a window. Is is that a
3: sign of MLS improving its standard? Do you think? I think so to a degree. Um, I think it's also a sign of, of just a changing perception. You know, there's always a little bit of a lag between like an improvement in standard and, and a recognition of that improvement by other leagues. So I think that's part of it. And I think part of it is just kind of the changing nature of the transfer market in general. Right. It's a lot more globalized than it used to be. Right? You see players from places like Senegal or South Korea, right? Their national teams have players in top teams all around the world, just like the US and Canada do to maybe a slightly lesser extent in some cases. Um, so I think that's part of it. And then teams are buying younger all over the world too, right? So you have a Ricardo Pepe, or you have a Kevin Paredes, or you have a Daryl DK, none of whom I, I think have played more than 40 league games at a senior level, all moving for, I think the smallest fee in that bunch was $7.5 million, right? And that's just kind of the nature of the game. Now teams are looking to buy younger players that they can you know, hopefully develop further and flip for more money. Um, And I think that's a good thing for MLS um, because of, you know, the size of the league, how many Academy players there are, the infrastructure in the Academy and and the amount of money that they pour into that. Um, That's something that should be able, I think, to be repeated. Um, Will it be for that much money? I don't know. There could be a little bit of a correction there, Uh, but I think eventually they'll kind of find an equilibrium.
1: What I what I do find, and tell me if I'm wrong, Sam. I I think there's great value in MLS. I think these the the fees that you talk about are fairly large. But when you talk about some of these European transfers and when they're looking at European leagues and trying to make those, they're massive amounts of money. You know like we're talking tens of millions.
3: Is there good value in MLS? I think there is. I think so, but I think this winter kind of changed it. Like I would have I would have really been with you if we were having this conversation a year ago. But when you're talking about Ricardo Pepi for I think, you know, anywhere between 13 and $20 million, depending on how he does. And he's going over there and it's been a tough start and, and you know, given time for sure. Right. Um, I think, I think there is a little bit maybe of an overpricing going on with some players right now. I think when you look at the more senior guys, so not the young 18 year old Academy products, but the guys who are maybe 22, 23, 24. Um, I think that it's a little bit more leveled off. There, I think it makes a little bit more sense for those players. Um, but I think for the young academy kids, there might be a little bit of a correction here um, in the next window or two. But maybe not too much, and who knows? Maybe Pepe scores a hat trick this weekend, and yeah. and it, it all changes, right? So
4: I'm excited to watch Pepe. Um, you talk about Josie though having a chance of getting in the Qatar, and I got to bring it back to this Canada-U.S. rivalry. That's the the best. Yeah. In our lifetime, uh, you were at that game in Hamilton. Um, yeah, the hammer. What's what's kind of your, your take <laughs> since then? As we head into this final uh, final qualification window in the
3: Oct here. Um, well, you know, I need to kind of dive into it. I've been so MLS heavy this last couple. It's okay. Weeks. What's but, your gut say? I mean, I think Canada is in basically already. I mean, that's not me going out on, on a limb whatsoever. <laughs> I think I think the US would have to really mess things up to not qualify. I think I'll win against Panama. You know, Orlando and the second game of the next window, um, would be enough to do the job. But, you know, Weston McKenney isn't going to be there after the injury he suffered with Juventus earlier this week. So that's a blow. Um, but yeah, I mean, (laughs) it could get interesting. Costa Rica is getting in this, this mess, mess, like kind of clumping everything up. And who knows what Panama is going to do. Um, so I'm very, very excited for this last window. I think it'll be good drama. Um, but I think Canada will take care of business relatively easily. I think Mexico and the US will qualify and then I think it's just going to be a battle between between Panama and Costa Rica for that playoff spot.
1: Going back to MLS, Sam. Um, uh, we've seen massive expansion since 2014. Yeah. Uh, what I mean, I remember Don Garber saying, I don't know what he sees. we're going to get to 20 something teams and it was 30 teams and and they just keep getting bigger and bigger. It's obviously very attractive to ownership because of the you know that compared to other major sports um they can compete uh, at a very low budget really in comparison is that one of the reasons why they're getting involved in the growth of the game Uh, what are you seeing in the united states and uh yeah and another thing i mean we up here hockey's still puts itself as number four in the in a major sports in north america and i gotta question that uh and the reason being i you know all the spanish speaking uh Networks in the states and the numbers that they're polling, World Cup numbers, Champions League numbers, Euro, mm-hmm. Copa America numbers, on and on it goes. Some of those are massively uh, Im- impressive, and even at the World Cup level, as opposed to the Olympic Games, what other event will people watch other countries play that they're not in it? That's what will happen in the states, and it happens yeah. with the World Cup. It's very, very different. But where do you think that soccer stands on the on the uh, on that scale in the United States right now? Yeah, I think
3: it's fourth, but I think the NHL, if you were going to go by leagues, is fourth, right? If that makes sense, just because soccer is so fragmented in terms of what people are watching, whether it's MLS or Premier League or Champions League or League MX, which is the most watched soccer league in the United States. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's so many different audiences and so many different leagues that people watch that it's hard for anyone to kind of say, hey, we're bigger than the NHL in the United States and Canada. Um You know, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think soccer is a whole bigger than hockey as a whole, though, in this part of the world, which I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't get me in trouble with your guys' audience. Um, but to your (laughs) first, not our audience, buddy, not Not our (laughs) audience. To your first question, um, you know, I think owners and ownership groups and potential ownership groups see good value in MLS. And I wrote a big story on this about a year ago now. Um, just kind of what they're seeing, but they, you know, you want to buy the growth essentially. And even though MLS teams are trading now for 500 700 or $300 million for an expansion fee before you even build a stadium or an assemble a roster or anything like that, like they're expensive. It's a lot less expensive than the teams in any other league. And I think the league rightfully sells itself as we have so much room to grow. Right. And so this $500 million investment that you might make now, well, in 20 years, it could be $2 billion right? Or, or maybe not even 20 years. You know, it's crazy to me. Like, I'm thinking back, not even 10 years ago, some of these teams were going for 60, 70 million. Mm -hmm. And now they're going for close to 400. Like that was Salt Lake, you know, like Salt Lake went from that to that. Chicago went from 35 million in 2007 to uh, 330 million in 2019. And that's without a stadium, right? That's without a training facility. And that's with having to pay the town that their previous stadium was in $65 million to get out of that stadium. Right. And, and the fire action. being terrible and not having any fans.
2: Yeah. yeah. The, the, right? the game is obviously booming right now. Right. Yeah. But, but, but let's the, fast invest, forward, the
3: investments are booming. No one's yeah, watching. Right. That's the crazy yeah. part about this. People okay, are going so, to the so, stadiums, but no one's watching.
2: So, how important then is, is 2026? you know um not yeah. just for 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 world soccer but for mls i mean is that is that once again a key goal a key world cup can that grow the league or by that point are we just hoping that people are watching mls
3: uh, i mean it can definitely grow the league and it's definitely important um but there's a new tv deal coming up this year right and Commissioner Don Garber just said the other day, they hope to have that signed within a month. And so for me, I think MLS is going to grow into something big and important, both in North America and in the global soccer scene. But my question is how fast will it get there and how high will it will it go, right? And so far throughout its history, MLS has been pretty measured in terms of how it approaches things. Um, it doesn't want to go too, too fast. I think that TV deal will play a big role in determining how fast the league goes and how aggressive they they push before 2026. And then after 26, they want, they want to take advantage of that tournament. And why wouldn't they want to take advantage of it? You know, that could be a big, could have a big trampoline effect for the league where it could really bounce things forward. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think long term MLS is going to be fine. It's just how long are we going to have to wait for it to really hit? When you look at major league soccer and how, how much it's grown.
5: Um, and you still got expansion teams coming in. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think in time there might be promotion relegation? And will there
3: be enough demand for there to have more teams? I don't think there will ever be promotion relegation. Um, if there ever is, and I would put this in a very like a less than 1% chance of ever happening, it would be a closed system promotion relegation. Where you have like an MLS one, and MLS two, and you can't drop below MLS two, and there's some sort of form of like revenue sharing to make sure everyone's still making their money. But um, like given how much the current owners have invested into the league and into their teams, and given the fact that some of them, like David Tepper, who owns the Carolina Panthers and now owns Charlotte FC, put three hundred and twenty-five million dollars in just to buy a spot in MLS, yeah. like that's before he does anything related to the team. Like, how can you go to him and say, Hey, um, so now we're doing pro He's going to be like, no, that's not what I bought. Like, eh-eh. and so I don't think it'll ever happen. I think it's more likely that like, you almost see sort of an old school baseball, ALNL type of relationship. If the league continues to expand, I think okay. we've sort of seen that already the last couple of years. Um, so I think it's more likely that, it, that it's some sort of path like that than a pr- promotion yeah. relegation.
5: Because if you look at it now, we've, right? We've you know, heard about 28 the- teams, 29 teams.
3: Yeah, it's 28 this year. It'll be 29 next year. And then it'll probably be Vegas joining as 30 at some point after that. that that's, that's incredible for, for one league, 30 teams. It's massive. And, and when it's, crazy. it's funny when the league talks about, oh, we've sold so many more players and we're spending so much more money as a league. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah you have 10 more teams than you did eight years ago. Yeah. Like <laughs> that number's never accounted for. <laughs> um, but
2: anyway. Hey, Sam, I know you've got to run, but uh, thanks so much for doing this. It should be a really interesting season um, as, yeah. as MLS generally is, right? I mean, listen, it's so hard to to base anything on predictions for MLS. It makes no sense. The team can struggle. Near the bottom until July, then everything changes for the second half yeah. of the season. I think that's what makes it so compelling. But Sam, thanks so much. I hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, anytime, guys. This is fun. Thank yeah, thanks, Sam. Thanks, buddy. See you, buddy. That's Sam from the Athletic. Yeah, interesting stuff. Sorry, Craig, for, for cutting you off there, mate. Um, we were uh, not at all time there. But what were you asking? Um,
1: I was just going to ask whether there was a chance because they talked about that Mexican league and uh, the Mexican, you know, I'll could be, be a. Larger. Yeah. You know, cross border with the Mexican league, too.
0: So, fellas, sorry, one thing we didn't get to, and I didn't know if we were going to get to it with uh, Sam, but the UEFA just chose Paris for the Champions League and Man United. So, I want you guys to comment on that. Obviously, there's tons going on with Ukraine and Russia, but Man United just uh, ended their deal with Aerofloat, uh, which is, you know, part of the significance of what these brands like man united and teams can do to change kind of the outlook of what's going on right now and i mean all these oligarchs in russia can't be super happy with uh, good old putin right now yeah well i mean the the sanctions from uk and the
2: states means it was pretty untenable anyway right untenable for aeroflot and, and united to continue that they they essentially froze accounts they they banned the aeroflot from operating in uk Flying in, right? So I don't think United, for all their mismanagement over the years, commercially they're pretty switched on. I can't imagine them putting much of a fuss
0: up about that. Now, the guys that you think would team up with Russia is like Newcastle. Newcastle <laughs> should take that deal. The loppers <laughs> and the choppers take out with Putin.
4: It's still right? early. That's how they get. <laughs> okay. That's how they get away from you know yeah. putting Saudi things on the front. And just put Gazprom on the front of the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You wonder though about Roman
2: Abramovich, right? I know we, we mentioned it briefly on the, the last podcast. Um, as as they're targeting all these oligarchs, where does Roman sit in all of this? And what does it mean for Chelsea?
4: Yeah.
2: Well, we know one thing. I mean, in the in the
1: UK, the wealth um, law. Um, that you have to prove your wealth is some sort of part of uh, Abramovich's move to Israel. So he's a citizen of Israel. Um, he saw the writing on the wall when he was applying for his visa that uh this might not work out quite well he was he was hoping. Um so yeah, things have already started and and it'll be interesting. It's gonna get messy. Um it, it, forget about the actual war itself. It's gonna get messy in the other area. Too with the with the football World Cup quality do with the Russian
4: national team kick them out. Um, where do kick they kick them play out? Games? Kick them out.
5: It's, it's strife. See, I, I'm I'm I am i do not know if I agree with that, fellas. Just kick them out because then you're you're punishing the athletes. And if the athletes don't agree with what Putin is doing, then why, why should they be punished and not kick them, them kick them out? Kick them out. Well, I mean, because they, the they represent the country,
2: right? It's, it's unfair, now, Jimmy. Are you're right. Something like that. It's really unfair. I it agree unfair. for the athletes, but this is beyond sport, right? I think. And they represent that country. Yeah. They represent their, the leader of that country. And the leader's made his choice. And it's, it's,
4: Yeah, I but you're getting punished too,
5: for, right? that, for what he's done. And if you yeah. don't agree with him, so that's it. You're, you're fin- See, I don't agree. I think you can't punish the athlete because I bet you 90, 95% of those, those athletes don't agree with what he's doing.
4: Yeah. But I agree. I think you're probably right. Yeah, there's a there's a precedent though. This is not brand new, right? Like South, South Africa you, you wasn't allowed you know, international yeah. competition. Yeah, the, the Serbian Republic, whatever whatever nation it was at the time, they were they were banned from competition yeah, as for well. sure. But, but I think but Jimmy, the Olympics got it right. In yeah, what, no. what they did with the athletes, and I don't see why. I don't think
3: they did. Criticism.
4: Yeah, I think, I think they should
1: have fucking kicked them all out. I don't think they should have been there at all. That's what I was so going to say. Dr- that drug scandal is beyond beyond
4: is dead they should not be at the fucking olympics yeah Uh, jimmy i agree with you at the beginning when they did it and if you remember the first time was pyeongchang and they was it was black letters on red shirts and they were called some athletes of russia and that felt like you know oh good the the good athletes that deserve to be there are there but as it grew into three olympics man it's it's just russia with drug scandals this was the largest team that they'd ever sent and uh you know you, you can't trust you feel like you just can't, can't trust anything. It's still the same people in charge. They've just, you know, defederalized them or whatever as an athletic organization. So yeah. I feel for these players. I do. And you're starting to see a couple of Russians come out. I know there was, a, a, was it the captain yesterday uh, that yeah. had come out with the Instagram post? So that's a brave, that's a really brave I, thing to do. For sure. I mean,
5: that's, what, that's who you feel bad for is the honest athlete.
2: Yeah. yeah and most right? of them are, right? Most of them are. But yeah. I think the whole premise behind sanctions is to put pressure on the government. Right yeah. from within, and I guess by even in a small, very you know, way, by banning a sports team, as unfair as it is to the athletes, that's think, slowly adding a little bit of pressure to the government from the people. Do you think Putin
5: gives a shit if Russia go to the World Cup or not? Yes, that's going to do. You no, think he does? For what? No,
4: I, no, I think change. I think he does. No, I think I think he does. Maybe less so than he did before. But, Craig, yeah. you could add to your take. But, I mean, the whole 2018 essentially was no different than what, what Qatar is in the sense of image building, right? He wanted to show the entire world, look, we are Russia, we are Europe, we are well, better than, than you've been told forever. Come look at us. Yeah, well, so he's killed I, Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> That's out the window now.
2: <laughs> yeah, but there's no way. when he When he started planning <laughs> this invasion, he knew damn well what was going to happen. Right, and I'm sure qualification for a World Cup was way down the list. Well, maybe we should invade Ukraine because they'll kick us out of the World Cup. You know, after we beat Poland, it's important to us, but not that important to him.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, I I get
1: that for sure.
0: (laughs) Hey, so, so fellas, Poland, Sweden, and Czech Republic have all refused to play in Russia, so. World Cup qualifying. I'm just trying to check where they stand. Does anyone know where they stand off the top of their head?
4: What do you mean stand? They're, well, they're they have to play. They want to
0: play Russia. No, no. Are they in the like? Are they already in the World Cup? Are they still qualifying? No, they're in the pathway against each right. Other. So Poland so plays these, Russia. The, right. So these three other teams have said they refuse to play in Russia. Uh, so they're going to lose their home field advantage. So there's, I mean, lots. I think Craig's right. I think this is, Putin thinks of himself as an athlete. He goes on the ice and scores eight goals against the, you know, on yeah. the national team. A judo. I think this stuff does affect him.
2: <laughs> well, maybe it does, but it still doesn't, you know, alter the fact that FIFA should kick him out. Mm. As as unfair as it is. And sorry that Emil, oh, but he really wanted to be there, though. <laughs> maybe he should. Come on. <laughs> He loves sport. You know, this this is... Yeah, I don't know. Does it, it actually come down to,
1: you know, massive sponsorships like Gazprom? Like, they are a partner. They spend millions and millions in sponsorship.
2: Yeah. I think they
1: own Zenit, who fortunately lost out on aggregate to Real Betis because
4: I think that did UEFA a favor in the Europa League. Uh, F1's going to kick the driver out, Nikita Mazapin, whose dad owns the uh, second biggest energy company. Are oh, they uh, doing that? Yeah. And until State they conference. announced
2: that the uh, the Russian Grand Prix is done,
4: it's yep. being moved to Turkey. Yeah. yeah. Good. Which one of you guys has your TV on? Jimmy? Might be me.
5: <laughs> it might be
4: you. <laughs> or it yeah. is you. That's, uh, it is me. Yeah, uh, I, C- I got CNN on. I was just wait, everybody was waiting for Jimmy to say it was him. <laughs> no, I thought I thought it might have been Forrest without the headphones, but uh thank god I'm not editing this one Wonger. <laughs> hey listen,
2: before we um yeah, we, well, let's let's move on from Eastern European politics and yeah. global yeah. politics. Thanks for taking the us way way there Wonger. Talking about um very very quickly though, um TFC Vancouver Montreal obviously you'll kick off this this weekend. Um TFC as as Sam alluded to there they're not finished yet building this team. We know Insigne has come in, but there's lots of rumors about um, Crescito arriving very soon. 35 years old in Genoa, um, played for Italy a number of occasions. Jimmy, a fullback. Now, he's 35 now, right? He's still a very good player, though. But given how young the current fullbacks are at, at TFC, do you see why this is actually a pretty smart move?
5: Yeah, I do. I think it's a good move. Um, and I think they're building the squad the right way at the moment right now. Um, and I think once they get all the pieces, uh, together, um, I think, I think they're going to be a hell of a lot better than what they were last year. That's so. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I spoke with Staly um, you know, about Paul Salteri, who's the assistant now, um, you know, about training, how things are going, the atmosphere. Um, he says it's great. He says it's absolutely b- brilliant right now. Training's been good. There's a good buzz around the club. Certain players have, have left. They brought in good players with good character now. Um so there there's a huge change in the in the in the dressing room. They're buying into what what Bradley wants. Um and it seems that they're they're heading in the right direction. So I'm looking forward to everybody once they get their the full squad. Um I think I think they'll be up in in and around that playoff spot. That's for sure. There's they good energy be. right now.
1: They better be. I think they're banking on it.
5: Yeah.
1: Right? I think there's a really high expectations now uh that uh maybe hard to fulfill. I think TSC fans are generally thinking we're an instant contender, and maybe they are, but you know, I think they're also going on the back of what happened with El Didor and and Giovinko who came over
2: and absolutely lit it up. And it was sure that lightning will strike twice uh, the same way, but it might. I think it's a really good point that this team is without with or without insignia, they're a rebuilding team. You look at the youth Right. I mean, you know, there's some really young players there who are going to be really good, but it's going to take some time to gel mm-hmm. and adjust. South Seda looks like the real deal for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is Chris Mavinga very much on the decline though? Is, uh, you know, Shannon Neil going to have to step in there at some point before Insignia? What point will they be, you know, when he arrives in July the 1st? Lots of football between now and then, right? So it, it might take a couple of years, AB, and, and that's fine. But I tell you what, if Insignia doesn't, appreciate the fact that he's going to arrive and we'll have to step into some really small Jovinko size shoes. I'd say large shoes, but you can't say that because they were tiny little shoes. Like, like my, my daughter, actually my daughter has got bigger feet. She's got huge feet. Um, but people expect him to suddenly score 15 goals in the back end of the season and drill home free kicks from, from 25 yards out
4: on a weekly basis. It might be a little bit unfair. I expect them to score 15 goals in the second half of the season. And I expect them to be going, I expect them to be selling season tickets to the Argos by kicking 60 yard field goals in promo videos. The who? (laughs) The other team that occupies BMO field. Are they still there? The Toronto Argonauts still play at BMO field, yes. I thought they folded. The league did not fold. It survived the global pandemic and it's come back as Canadian as ever. Wouldn't that team. be amazing if if, if, if Insignia goes in and he's actually the kicker for the Argos? That would just be amazing. <laughs> that should be his first preseason because he's missed preseason, right? That should be it. You got preseason with the Argos one week, go to Ottawa and kick field goals. What are the, <laughs> odds, what are the odds then that, that Insignia does in fact
2: do that, Greg? I don't know. Maybe we make an
1: $18
2: million with Troy and then Argos. So... <laughs> <laughs> who, who makes less money the lowest paid TFC player which is about 60 grand I think or, or the lowest paid Argo lowest oh, paid Argo low- yeah what's I the think what, the what are they making Argo. Argo. About, the lowest
5: paid Argo you think would make more no make less oh make less yes for sure I yeah. think it's
0: probably about uh, first year rookie contracts probably around if you play the season you probably sign for about 50 now 45
4: okay yeah Wait, did is the floor now in MLS? Is it, it's gone up to sixty? I believe it's sixty now, isn't it, Jimmy? Wow. Do you
5: I think it's up around that mark now. Yeah, Jimmy, the young And keep in mind, you know that that's going to be a young young player normally, right? Eighteen, nineteen, and now if that's a, an Argo, how old is Twenty four, twenty five.
0: Right. 22, yeah. at least 22, 23,
4: yeah, yeah, to oh, hang it on to dude. this football dream. But j- j- just quick point on the money, Jimmy. When you came over, and um, I think TFC, you know, obviously TFC's roster construction was different at the time, right? There was yeah. five guys on the league minimum, but across the board, there was at least three guys on every team that was on the league minimum. That was, do you remember what it was? It was 18. On the books, 12 it was 12. Was it 12? Was it 12? Twelve. Andrea Lombardo, Gabe Gala, these young guys, twelve thousand. Yeah, we got free tracksuits, right? Wow. I hope they gave him free go train. Uh, there is a him down too. There so awesome. uh, um, is a guy
1: in L.A. Frankie Yalop is the manager there. When Beckham's come over, right? So he needed uh, a few extra guys. So he picks up this kid. He goes. He was literally bagging groceries a week before. He, we pick him up. Twelve grand. He's at Denzel Washington's party. He's Tom Cruise party. He's Pictures with the guys. He, he absolutely was having the time of his life on twelve. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably
2: stealing so, utensils. Don't too. Talk If I was Beckham, I would I would have bought that human being. I would have bought him. Right. So you're in,
3: you're in twelve grand, are you? He's
2: is hundred. You're mine now. You do what I say. When I want you, you're here.
3: Like that. You yeah. can live in I'll the, the shed out back.
4: <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. we we've done a lot of impressions on this show, but I didn't that realize that, Yeah, David Beckham is Dobby from Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 hey, you can bloody talk.
0: <laughs> I,
4: my David Beckham is better than
2: that. Hey, oh, I wished I, I watched Sean. Harry Potter. I watched that the one this weekend when he dies.
4: So I had no idea. Yeah, Broke I, my heart. Dobby. I know you did That's the impression that you just brought out. You gave me a stock. Oh, David Beckham's sock. Oh. <laughs> that's,
5: that's better. These, yours is better. I know, man. Do, be- do you want another go at this, Charles?
2: Uh, no, I won't. No, you're okay. No, I like it. no I've been ridiculed enough. Um, hey, before we leave, we've got to mention Craig Forge. They fell in the end to uh, Cruz Azul 3-1 on Thursday night at the Azteca. Um, listen, nothing but pride. I, I think they deserve so much respect for for what they did. And uh, listen. Cruises also a better team. Simple as that, right? They control the game, but three-one is no embarrassment.
1: Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, Cruises is a powerhouse in Concacaf. They're they are proper, um, and for a third-year CFL uh, CPL team to actually get to the last sixteen in this under mean you know this—the pandemic and the island yeah. games and squad changes—and on and on, on it goes. I mean, the barriers. Uh, I, re- I really think this story with Forge is, is up there with some of the greatest Canadian stories that we've ever had. I, I put it that highly. I, I think this is a re- remarkable job, which Bobby and this team have done with that squad, to actually be able to even compete and not get beat 10 by Cruz Azul.
5: Yeah. We, I think we've also got to give a shout out to Schwanir.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. A
5: young Canadian scoring in Azteca. That's got to be history because there's only a handful of guys, probably not even, maybe three, four Canadians that have actually scored at Azteca Stadium.
1: Jonathan Osorio being one. Also, Schoenier. A couple of times. Jerry Gray, I think, back in
4: the day. It was a great goal, by the way, as well. It was a fantastic finish. Schoenier's brother is quite good. eh? He's at Montreal. He's getting more minutes now. Yeah, very good player. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. You can finish. always have that. He scored at Azteca.
4: Pele oh, yeah. scored there. Maradona. Srinier. Goal of the century. It'll, and, it'll get that'll get him God. Game of the century. Every yeah, Deca. that's Decker, brilliant. Top of, top of the resume. That'll get him some contracts in Scandinavia and uh, in South Korea. And <laughs> his was yeah. late twenties for sure. <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> All right, boys. Well, time to go. Enjoy the weekend games. Kicks off first Saturday morning. Leads against Spurs. Ooh, lots of goals to start the weekend. Anyway, that should be fun. And uh, we shall return. Um, actually, we should discuss when, because no bees away. You're off
4: on vacation, right, Bee? I am. Yeah. N- what? No. Frick. No. Yeah, I know. Sorry, guys. Yeah, three weeks without me was tough enough. Now another week. Where are you going? Costa Rica. Oh, it's supposed to be. What's Elena doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> be <laughs> oh, you better side off you better got, side off Sharps, before
2: yeah, yeah, we go I down better, this road i think we better uh, yeah well I have a good trip there b you deserve it you work so hard that you deserve all the uh rewards that come with being a media personality all right fellas we'll, we'll chat to you um hopefully sunday night monday morning some point in the future you will hear from us until then cheers for listening